Support for this podcast comes from San Francisco International Airport. At SFO, you can discover award-winning flavors and unique shops all before takeoff. Learn more about what's at SFO at flysfo.com. Hey, it's Avery Truffleman, host of Articles of Interest. And I've got to say, I've been a fan of KQED ever since I was a little kid, and I would come out to San Francisco to visit my grandma. It was just What we'd always turn on every time we got in the car, every time we were making dinner and turning on the radio, was always KQED. And then over the years, I've become a massive fan of KQED podcasts because this is local reporting at its best. These are answers to questions you've always wanted to know, interviews with exciting, unusual voices, necessary journalism, all told with love and care and artistry. And did you know that a majority of KQED's funding actually comes from members? It's just people like you and me supporting the programs they love while also getting access to cool events, behind-the-scenes footage, and so much more. If you want to sign up and be a part of this amazing community, visit donate.kqed.org slash podcasts to become a member today. That's podcasts with an S. Thank you for listening, and thank you for your support. From KQED. From KQED in San Francisco, happy Valentine's Day. I'm Nina Kim. Coming up on Forum, we take the plunge into the wellness trend known as cold plunging. While cold water therapy has long been part of traditions across many cultures, for some reason, the idea of immersing yourself in water well below 60 degrees has really taken hold lately. It's become a mini industry fueled by influencers and fitness gurus and some doctors who say it boosts energy, lifts depression, improves sleep, and more. We take a closer look at the supposed benefits and risks of cold plunging and hear whether you've tried it. Join us. I'm Mina Kim. Welcome to Forum. Have you seen ads for tubs designed for cold plunging on social media? Or any of the videos from influencers like Wim Hof promoting the therapeutic benefits of being neck high in frigid water? It's amazing! It's amazing! It's amazing! Cold plunges or other forms of cold water therapy have long been practiced in many cultures, but lately it's having a moment. Atlantic staff writer Charlie Warzel has looked into why and also tried it. He joins me now. Thanks for coming on Forum, Charlie. Thank you for having me. So I want to know about your first cold plunge or your most memorable one, if they're not one in the same. What was it like? Uh, so I, <laughs> I live in the Pacific Northwest, uh, and I live right near a very uh, perennially cold body of water. Uh, and so I, I started getting inundated with you know, videos and, and, and uh, advertisements, as you just said, online. Uh, talking about cold plunging. This is a couple of years ago. Uh, and then I started to notice some other people in like my network, you know, dabbling and trying it. Uh, so uh-huh. I, the most the most memorable was that one day I just walked from my house down the hill, down to the beach and just <laughs> walked myself into the ocean. And uh, I really hadn't had a lot of experience with, with with doing something like that. And so what was so memorable to me was the 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 way that it that it legitimately you know 
took my breath away, but, but also that, you know, I walked out of, I walked out of there feeling like incredibly accomplished and, uh, and also just like truly buzzing. Right. Uh, just, just the whole day took on a kind of a different character. It's very similar to, you know, maybe doing like a really long workout. And, and to me, I, 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 that's always very memorable because I, I kind of just thought it was going to be, you know, a, a painful, fun thing I'd never try again. Uh, and, and it turned out to be something that left like a, a, pr- a pretty surprising impact on me. Wow. So how often then do you do it now? I try to do it, uh, once or twice a week uh, it gets a little harder you know i don't use a tub i, I go into the you know the big old body of water uh, and in the winter up here it is gray and cold and windy and rainy uh, and it can be really hard to motivate to, to, to get outside during that time but <laughs> I, I have tried to keep it up uh, it's a little bit of a practice now and you said you were buzzing. I've heard people describe it as euphoric, exhilarating. I think you even told your partner that you felt like a god at one point. That's <laughs> yeah. its biggest selling point, you'd say? Like just that that feeling and you consistently get it by doing it twice a week or so? Once or twice a week? You know, for me, truly, I think the thing that um, is most rewarding about it, I mean, the feeling is is great. It's really fun. Um for me, what has been most interesting is this, and, and sort of motivating, is this idea of doing a hard thing, right? Doing something mm-hmm. that um, that your body and you know isn't going to be necessarily easy, and just kind of you know gritting your teeth and doing it and feeling that benefit. And there's there's just this feeling of, and I know it probably sounds silly, but of, of accomplishment with that, right? And and this idea of like resiliency that I really I really enjoy. And it's kind of a, I think of it as like a bit of a cheat code for that. Sometimes, you know, you'll have to work out or, you know, do something hard, have a hard conversation with friends or family. But this is just a way where I can kind of, you know, take a few minutes out of my day, get in there, do it. And um, it's really, that's been beneficial to me. So it almost sounds like you feel like it's a way of sort of working out the muscle of fortifying yourself against the stressors and hardships of life, essentially. Yeah. And I I think we'll probably get into this later, but I also think that is a little bit of what, you know, influencers and people who are, who are really kind of pushing this um, uh, as a, as a fad or as a trend or as a, as a lifestyle. I think that's a little bit of what they're selling is this idea of resilience, this idea that you are, um, you know, there's, you're, you're, you are, you're fortifying yourself for these other hard moments, right? You're sort of raising the floor in terms of knowing, you know, that your that your body can do difficult things that you can survive. And that on the other side of it is a feeling of accomplishment that often comes with doing something that's difficult. So that's, those are some of the reasons essentially, but you also say that's not the only reason that cold plunging is having a moment. You've looked at, I think, what you've called like a, a wellness industrial complex that has really, really adopted the cold plunge a, as part of its, I don't know, wellness aesthetic. Can you talk about this? Yeah, I, I think that there is a uh, there is a network uh, of people, and that's you know people who are selling uh, the equipment. Uh, some of these cold plunge you know, uh, pieces of equipment, the tubs can be really expensive. I think the 
one very high-end version called Plunge uh, is like a self-cleaning, you know, uh, heated cooling tub, porcelain tub you can keep outside, very sleek and stylish. And it's going to run you, you know, $6,000, So there, there's those people who have sort of a vested interest, but then there's this real network of, you know, uh, wellness podcasters and influencers and, um, you know, uh, endurance athletes and people who, uh, who are creating a lot of, you know, content around this. And, and they are, um, you know, it has be kind of become a bit of a fad in those communities. I mean, there are people on TikTok who, you know, are doing cold plunges every day and their entire account is dedicated to going and taking a plunge and then, you know, talking about, you know, maybe giving some sort of, you know, stoic aphorism or, or, um, or affirmation uh, to, to supplement that. So there's this whole universe of people who are, who are starting to say, you know, if you want to live a healthy lifestyle, we're going to help you. And this is, if not a core component, this is, this is, this is a, a big component of it. And, and I think that there really just is this culture that has sprung up. And if you are someone who wants to be super productive, wants to be super healthy, wants to really take care of yourself and sort of, you know, almost like, like hack your wellness, uh, that this is a component that, that is, needs to be part of the toolkit. Hmm. We're talking with Charlie Warzel, who has tried cold plunging and has looked into it. He's also a staff writer at The Atlantic. And I want to invite you, our listeners, to join the conversation. Have you tried cold plunges? What was your experience? What made you want to do it? Was it being inspired by someone online or something else? You can email forum at kqed.org. Call us at 866-733-6786. You can find us on our social channels at KQED Forum. And Charlie, so talk a little bit more about who some of these influencers are. I played a short clip from Wim Hof. I think that's how you say his name. Who who is that? Uh, sort of the 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 godfather of uh, of of cold exposure. Um, you know, again, I, I want to be clear. I, I I'm not like an expert in this, but just a reporter who's gotten interested in this um yeah and so and so in terms of the history of of him uh you know he's done a lot of very extreme um <laughs> extreme things and a lot of them having to do with cold exposure and the benefits of that he's also um you know famous for popularizing uh a a breathing uh, routine that is supposed to you know honestly uh if you if you do it right help you achieve some a euphoric kind of state, um, uh, but he he is someone who, um, who who is sort of you know was on the on the vanguard of this, so to speak. People have been cold plunging for forever, uh, but he is he is someone who uh, you know has kind of attracted like a, a like a cult following, and and there are some uh, I suggest some some people uh, go on YouTube and and sort of check him out. There are. Numerous videos of influencers kind of taking a pilgrimage to uh, to his place and uh, and you know doing wild stuff like marching around in a in a freezer uh, like a walk-in freezer for twenty minutes at a time and then going and doing sauna stuff and doing the breathing exercises and and feeling this like this sense of uh, of like a true high and transformation that you know you might associate with like say psychedelic drugs um, but there there is this feeling what that he you know, uh, probably helps people unlock, which is this idea that that cold exposure could be, a, you know, a portal to an altered state of, of mind. Mm. Uh, I will 
confess that I have not experienced that, but <laughs> the sort of, you know, the more like health, wellness, fitness influencers, they tend to talk about this from, from my experience more in, in, in a scientific way, right? Saying that you're, you're going to get a, uh, a, an extreme boost in, um, in, in dopamine from doing this, right? Mm. So the is equivalent, if not, you know, uh, more so than, you know, doing like a line of cocaine or something like that. Oh, um, so, so, you know, huge increases in, uh, you know, your, your br- chemicals in your brain uh, that can make you feel good or, you know, give you that, that shot of adrenaline. Mm. And so, you know, a little part of this is all like hacking your, 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 your brain state, right. Achieving something different. And, and you know, at the at the risk of, of rambling too much here, I think that this has something to do too with there's a lot of people who are you know trying to live a healthier lifestyle, maybe cut out drugs or alcohol or you know something like that. And this is not necessarily marketed as a replacement for that, but it is something that you can do to kind of you know change change the way that you feel and maybe get some of those those rushes and some of those those good feelings without you know resorting to uh chemicals yeah there's i think a neuroscientist at stanford who's also really popular in this andrew huberman and when we say popular like his podcast how popular is it it's the most popular podcast in the world um there is an uh he's he's a very interesting uh uh person i've, I've seen him speak uh and uh he essentially his podcast toggles between doing you know, uh, interviews, uh, one-on-one interviews with either scientists or, uh, you know, pop- popular figures. Uh, but the others are like between two and three hour lectures, a lot of them on neuroscience. And he's just, you know, rattling off studies, et cetera. And these are some of the most popular podcasts in the world, which um, it, his, his episode on alcohol, which just outlines whether alcohol is, you know, good or bad for you. He comes down on the side that it is uniformly bad. Um, that's the most popular podcast episode of all time wow. via downloads. Um, and so you're seeing this huge, what I think that speaks to is you're seeing this huge, huge audience uh, that is just wanting to understand the, you know, the the brain and, 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 and how to live a healthy life. And it's just attracting wild numbers of people. Wow. We're talking about cold plunging with Charlie Warzel. And after the break, we'll talk with the doctor about the benefits, how real they are, and what to keep in mind if you're thinking about cold plunging and haven't tried it yet. More after the break. I'm Mina Kim. Support for Forum comes from San Francisco Opera. Set 10 years after a school shooting, the critically acclaimed opera Innocence takes us into a complex emotional journey where our understanding of innocence and guilt is constantly upended. Kaya Sariajo's ethereal score collapses the past into the present as a community of survivors grapple with how to move forward. Don't miss the highly anticipated American premiere of Innocence, June 1st through 21st. Learn more at sfopera.com. We've all got those parts of our house where the internet just won't go. Well, if you had wall-to-wall Wi-Fi from Xfinity, you could worry less about dead spots. Because with wall-to-wall Wi-Fi from Xfinity, you get fast speeds, reliable connection in every room, and power for all of your devices, even when everyone's online. That's wall-to-wall Wi-Fi only with Xfinity. Restrictions apply. Not available in all areas. Actual speeds vary. 
You're listening to Forum. I'm Mina Kim. We're talking about the recent wellness trend of cold plunges with Charlie Warzel, a staff writer at The Atlantic who's tried it and has started looking into it a little bit more. Uh, And you, our listeners, are invited to join the conversation. We want to hear about your cold plunging experiences, good or bad, whether they've made you a believer or not. Maybe you have questions about it, about the health benefits, maybe the risks. Do you engage in other types of cold water therapy? How do you use it? What are the benefits that you've experienced? This listener writes on Discord, I've been doing ice baths for about a decade as recovery from intense derby games or practices, especially during tournaments to encourage quicker recovery between games. I want to bring into the conversation Dr. Mark Harper, an anesthesiologist and researcher and also author of Chill, the Cold Water Swim Cure. Dr. Harper, thanks so much for being with us. Yeah, it's a complete pleasure. So before the break, we were hearing Charlie describe just this incredible buzz and and euphoria that you feel after you've done a cold plunge. What is happening in the body? Is it just a gigantic hit of dopamine or are there other things that are happening physiologically that gives that exhilarating feeling? Uh, there, there are a lot of things that are happening in the body, but one of the key things is this. Uh, he also mentioned that burst of adrenaline and noradrenaline, and you get the dopamine. This is like kind of the key factor. What you're getting is a, a kind of extreme version of the stress response. You know, and what you're doing when you're getting cold water is you are stressing the body, and so you do get a hit of of, of all these drugs. And you know, like the line of coke. Uh, mentioned that he came out with that's a really interesting one because the first patient so what you get from cocaine is like noradrenaline adrenaline and dopamine and the first patient we ever took through a program you know using this therapeutically was done for a tv program called the doctor who gave up drugs and the the presenter chris van turken said to me after the first time he'd done he said god if this was a drug they'd make it illegal and so that's, that's why you get the buzz, and it just lasts the, the whole day. And you know, also, uh, you know, the fact that he was uh, talking about the, this sense of resilience and the, of accomplishment, that's, uh, that's a big part of it. Mm. But as part of this, so what's happening is your blood pressure's going up, your heart rate's going up. You, um, the, the, when you start out, what really affects your breathing, so you take a big deep breath in and you... Uh, can't control your breathing but with time that that calms down uh it has a few other effects on the body but certainly the most noticeable ones are that that real high that real hit of uh, adrenaline and noradrenaline if you're stressing your body that much is it safe for anyone to do it or i guess who would you say might want to avoid it like if you have certain health conditions well, I think another thing charlie mentioned was like yeah it's like a quick workout instant workout and that's that's quite a good way of looking at it in terms of whether you should be doing it or not. Essentially, it is a stress on the body, but you know, it's no more stress than a high-intensity workout session. So if you can do exercise, you can get in the water. I mean, there, there's some exceptions to this, and it's important to be careful about how you do it, certainly when you're starting out. But here in the UK, you know, most people swim in open water rather than use the the tubs. Tubs is a bit different, but if you can sort of get out of your car, walk down to the, walk down the beach, get in the water, get out, come back to your car afterwards. Yeah, essentially, you're fit enough to go into the into the cold water. So, you know, most people, it's it's okay for. Mm, but maybe if you have like cardiac issues or a sensitivity to cold exposure or something, maybe not so much. 
Exactly. And there's certain conditions which are very sensitive to cold exposure and people will, will know about them. And, and cardiac issues uh, are another important one. But again, you know, you will probably have been told by your doctor that you shouldn't engage in hard exercise. Mm. So that's a good sort of gauge. Uh, we've got calls coming in and lots of questions for you, doctor. So Susie in San Francisco, join us. Hi, Susie. You're on. Hi. Hi. Thank you for the uh, topic today. It's something I'm really very um, uh, passionate about. I've been doing cold plunging and cold showers for about four years. And um, I was really introduced to it by, by the James Nestor book, Breath. Oh. And then there's a, a Wim Hof and cold plunge expert, Chuck McGee, who, who also has influenced me. But it's incredibly invigorating, and I've really seen health benefits. Um, I did want to ask about the, the brown fat aspect of cold plunging and cold showers, if they could talk a little bit more about that. Oh, you mean the idea that it, it converts brown fat in some way? Or do you know what Susie is talking about, Dr. Harper? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Now, I'm, I'm afraid I'm going to be a bit of a, put a bit of a dampener on this one. So brown fat, the good thing about brown fat is it's meant to be good fat because what it does, it takes fat out of the circulation and it converts it to energy, to, to heat energy. So this is really good if you want to do cold plunging. It's also really good for, you know, keeping your cholesterol levels or whatever low. Unfortunately, although it is induced by cold showers and it is induced by cold plunges, it is not to any significant extent or not any clinically significant extent. We can see, see these changes and we can measure them. But when you, when you actually look at how much it does, you know, the most fat it takes out of the circulation is like 0.05%. And you don't see much more than 150 grams in a, in a human body. And it doesn't burn more than about maybe 100, 150 calories extra a day. So, you know, it's a real thing, but you probably won't see the benefits. And interestingly, you saw someone, someone said to me once, you know, uh, well, if, if all this brown fat, if, if it induced all this brown fat, how comes I'm still fat? <laughs> so, you know, it's, uh, it is there, but unfortunately, clinically, I don't think it has a major impact. Mm. Well, Martina writes on Discord, I took a cold shower this morning. Brr, there's an ADHD coach I know who talked about the effectiveness of a cold shower to get a burst of motivation in the morning. And I kind of hate how effective it is. A therapist helping us help our son with emotional management also said experiencing sudden cold can help calm down the elevated emotions and suggested offering a cold washcloth or ice cubes to my son when he's getting into the red zone of emotional dysregulation. So in terms of just having that kind of effect on elevated emotions, maybe even helping the shock, helping to bring them down, is there some truth to that as well, Dr. Harper? There, there are a couple of points to this. So I think to have an immediate effect, what you need to do is get the cold on your face. And because this stimulates the parasympathetic nervous system, this is the rest digest system. And it also has an anti-inflammatory effect, which is, uh, which is very beneficial for most of our modern lifestyles. But that's specific to the face. What we get from the cold showers or the cold plunges from putting our body in is an adaptation to stress. So whereas mm. the, the cold on the face, that's like kind of an immediate effect. But the cold on the whole body, that you, as you adapt to that, you become more resilient. So your reaction to that stress, to the cold stress, 
and to other stresses reduces over time. And so you spend, so we need stress. It's an evolutionary thing, but the trouble is we spend a lot of time in the red, the pathological zone, the bad zone. And what we want to do is spend more time in the green, good physiological zone. And by adapting you know, regularly swimming in cold water, we get that effect as well. Well, let me go to caller Michelle next. Michelle, you're on. Thanks for joining. Hi, I just wanted to chime in and say uh, I love I love cold plunging. I just go down to the beach with friends, um, try to do it most mornings, but and I definitely feel the physical effects of it and the dopamine. And But one of the things that I have found to be a major side bonus is just the community and, like, how fun it is to go in with different groups of women. And sometimes a man will join us. But it's, it's been um, a really cool experience and something to look forward to most every day. Oh, Michelle, I'm glad you brought that in. Charlie, you've talked about this also as another reason you think it's really gaining in popularity, the social, the community aspect of it. Yeah, I, I think that, um, you know, this speaks a little bit to, in the reporting I've done around, you know, this topic from like a cultural perspective, uh, I think that there have been you know, a, a bunch of different trends that are that have converged or a bunch of different effects that have converged. You know, one of them is sort of like a wellness effect having to do, I think, you know, as, as most wellness things do uh, with the, the, the pandemic that uh, we've been living through in, in so many ways, whether people want to uh, are, are worried about their health or whether they let it slip during the pandemic and are trying to, you know, adopt a healthier lifestyle. Um, there's a whole bunch of reasons for people wanting to do that. Uh, and then there is this social effect, which is this community uh, part of it. You know, I, I think uh, if you look at some of you know the trends, especially with younger generations, but also among millennials and Gen X, uh, there is a trend towards adopting a lifestyle that is alternative to the going out bar culture, right? Um, I've noticed that a lot of the people who tend to be know, real cold plunge enthusiasts and who have built a community around it are people who maybe have gotten sober, uh, people who, you know, just want to orient their lives around activities that aren't just going out, having a bunch of drinks, feeling really bad the next day or sluggish. Um, and so they're, they're trying to find these alternative things. They're, you know, so in a way, this is similar to a, like a run club or something like that. And mm. And, and I will say from a community element, I've done this with friends. And I, there's something, you know, because there's something a little bit extreme about it or because, you know, for a lot of people, they're not doing this, you know, like the caller regularly. Um, there is this element of of excitement. Right. Um, you know, w when I went with a bunch of my friends, we recorded it uh, for some audio for my for my wife's podcast uh, that we did about cold plunging and uh we're all screaming and people are, you know, yelling and laughing and there's this, you know, bonding, right? Uh, a lot of people can bond over stressful events. Uh, and, you know, as, as the doctor just said, like, this is putting your body through stress. So this is the kind of like a fun way to have that, you know, that sort of accelerated, uh, you know, bonding experience over something hard that's ultimately not really that hard. It's just, you know, you can get through it. Uh, so th there's a lot of great benefits in, in in that sense, I think, around community. It's why you're seeing it. Uh, you're seeing those polar plunge clubs pop up even more and more than they used to. Yeah. And I like hearing from Michelle and, and from Susie and, and Martina, because I'll be honest, 
a lot of the things that I see, um, a lot of the names that have been mentioned have been male. And it has come off to me as like kind of bro <laughs> Sure. Uh, I mean, I think that whenever you get into the wellness sort of optimization space, right, and these influencers, whether they're you know, uh, Huberman, um, Rich Roll is an ultra marathoner uh, who has a, a great um, wellness and lifestyle podcast, um, who's a cold plunge proponent as well. When, when you see a lot of these people, uh, th- that, that space tends to be dominated by men. Mm. Um, but I will say that I've talked to so many women who, you know, very similarly to the caller, have built little communities around this. Uh, like this is probably, she's probably the, you know, 10th person I've talked to says, I have a, I have a group of women and we go and we, and we do this together. Um, and so I think that, I think that it's not necessarily, it doesn't have to be a, a gendered phenomenon. And I think partially because, you know, one, one thing I've noticed about the plunging community is it's not an endurance sport. It's not something where it's, you know, you must submerge yourself for 15 minutes in the water until you start shivering and get hypothermia. Um, there's this idea of, you know, you go in for a certain amount of time and you uh, get get that exposure and then, and then you get out and you don't need much more than two or three minutes, you know, at, at a given time. So I don't think there's this like masculine bro hardness culture about it necessarily. Uh, and, and, and I hope that, you know, if there is that that, starts to go away because it really is, it, you know, it is something that, especially if you have access to a large body of water, it's, it, it's free, right? You can just go in and do it. There are very low barriers to entry. Um, and, and I think that's one thing that's, that's really great about it. And you don't have to buy the, the $6,000 tub or something that people are trying to advertise. <laughs> We're that's talking right. with Charlie Warzel and Dr. Mark Harper about the wellness trend known as cold plunging and what its benefits and potential risks are. And we're hearing from your listeners about your experiences and your questions about it. This listener writes, circa 1964, I was 12 years old riding the New York City bus along Surf Avenue to school one cold winter morning. I saw what I learned was called the Polar Bear Club, people in bathing suits swimming in the Atlantic Ocean. I couldn't believe my eyes. Personally, I have never had an urge to freeze my butt off in any ocean or other body of cold water, but I get a kick out of anyone who has the fortitude. So Dr. Harper, if you want to try this, what would you recommend in terms of um, going about doing it? Charlie mentioned that when he first did it, he walked into the ocean, I think alone, but I'm assuming it's probably better to go with someone. Yeah, exactly. I think that's a really important point is that you do go with someone. And as you also mentioned, is it, part of it is the community. And for the, the clinical studies we've done, you know, a lot of the feedback we get is that they love that sense of community. Uh, so it's, mm. you know, I think it's important both from a safety aspect and for, it's the thing that keeps you coming back and keeps you doing it. And it increases the whole wellness aspect of it. So that's one thing is to do it with other people. The other thing is really know where you are. I mean, that's that's crucial. You know, there's a there's a saying, Agnes is Allen's rule that almost anything in life is easier to get into than out of, and that's true for water as well. So you want to know that you can get out, do it in a safe place. And the other thing is, it there's a lot about these really cold water, you know, the ice plunges and ice bathing and all this kind of stuff. Actually. 
What happens is the body has a really strong physiological reaction to the cold at any temperature which is like below 68 degrees Fahrenheit. Mm. And so the key thing, I think, is also to start when it's at its warmest and then you can work down. So if you start in the summer, go on through the winter by all means, but probably not best to start in the in the middle of winter. And uh, sure, yeah, sorry, go ahead. No, no, that's it. Don't start in the middle of winter. Start warm. <laughs> work your way down or obviously 68 isn't that warm and it still feels really cold when you get in but you know start at that and then work your way down well and is charlie right that just two to three minutes is all you need because we have listeners asking how long is the typical cold plunge session russell wants to know and i'm and, and does it do more for you the longer you're in it or does it have diminishing returns uh, i think the two to three minutes so you you don't want to go straight in and come straight out. The two to three minutes is about right. It really depends. Everyone's different every day. So don't follow this one minute per degree rule or anything like that. Just know how you feel on that day. But yeah, when it's really cold, I mean, currently where I swim, it's about six, seven degrees. Yeah, I'm in the water three minutes maybe. Mm-hmm. And uh, and that's that's enough. You know, you get a real buzz from it. And, you know, you're getting 80, 90% of the benefit in those first two or three minutes. Staying in for longer, the trouble with staying in longer is you might become hypothermic. And being hypothermic, you know, your body, core body temperature going down is always bad for you. So it's, so what's happening is like going to the gym. You go to the gym, you stress your muscles, that's how you grow stronger. But if you go to the gym and you injure yourself, then that's bad. And hypothermia is the equivalent of injury, whereas just exposing yourself those two or three minutes in the cold water is is doing the doing the good part of it and again dr mark harper is author of the book chill the cold water swim cure and is a cold water swimmer he's also an anesthesiologist and researcher charlie warzel is a staff writer for the atlantic you might know him from his newsletter galaxy brain about technology media and big ideas but we're not asking about anything he's written we're actually asking about something he's done which is cold plunging and then looked into it uh, and got curious about it because of the impact that it's had on him and we're hearing about the impact it's had on you listeners you can email forum at kqed.org find us on our social channels at kqed forum call us at 866-733-6786 866-733-6786 if you haven't tried it you can tell us what keeps you from trying it uh if you have questions about it we want to hear those too more after the break i'm mina kim Support for Forum comes from San Francisco Opera. Set 10 years after a school shooting, the critically acclaimed opera Innocence takes us into a complex emotional journey where our understanding of innocence and guilt is constantly upended. Kaya Sariajo's ethereal score collapses the past into the present as a community of survivors grapple with how to move forward. Don't miss the highly anticipated American premiere of Innocence, June 1st through 21st. Learn more at sfopera.com. We've all got those parts of our house where the internet just won't go. Well, if you had wall-to-wall Wi-Fi from Xfinity, you could worry less about dead spots. Because with wall-to-wall Wi-Fi from Xfinity, you get fast speeds, reliable connection in every room, and power for all of your devices, even when everyone's online. That's wall-to-wall Wi-Fi only with Xfinity. 
Restrictions apply. Not available in all areas. Actual speeds vary. This is Forum. I'm Mina Kim. We're talking about cold plunging this hour, its potential benefits and risks, and why it's having a moment. We've got Charlie Warzel, Atlantic staff writer with us, Dr. Mark Harper, an anesthesiologist and researcher and cold water swimmer. And we've got you, our listeners. Let me go to Shay next in Riverside. Shay, you're on. Hi, thank you for taking my call. Um, My concern is I've never done cold plunging, and my reasoning is I'm cold all the time, (laughs) even in Southern California. (laughs) My mother has hypothyroidism, so she's cold all the time. I have Raynaud's disease, which affects the extremities, um, and, and my hands and feet are cold all the time. Um, for me, the thought of putting my whole entire body into cold water, you know, is horrifying because my feet and my hands go numb so quickly, like when I go to the ocean. Um, and my other concern is for people that have neuropathy, diabetics, you know, people who, you know, if you don't have that good circulation, it just feels like doing a cold plunge is asking for all sorts of trouble. Well, Jay, thanks. my call. Yeah. And Dr. Harper, you did mention Raynaud's as something that you might not, that may mean that you may not want to do cold plunges. Uh, Shay also mentioned neuropathy. I'm wondering about the dangers of, you know, getting warm afterwards, especially if you're someone like Shay, um, who is sensitive to cold. We have a listener on Discord also asking, is there any consensus around the getting warm after process? I'm also remembering we interviewed swimmer Bonnie Tsui about swimming, and I remember her telling a story, I believe, about once struggling after a cold water swim to get her body temperature up. So can you talk about the getting warm process, as that listener wanted to know? What is the effective way to do it and what to watch out for? Um, yeah, well, I guess... the uh... To answer one of the other concerns, you know, some people, it's just not for some people. You know, they can be really cold. And with Raynaud's, for example, what we find is a lot of people swim with Raynaud's. It does affect it. It doesn't make it worse. Some people say it gets better, but it's uh, they, they, they find it worth it because they do suffer. But anyway, but in terms of warming up, the key thing from what well, one of the key things is to take it back is to go in warm. It's much better when you if you are warm when you go in the water, because you think of the body, what your body wants to do is keep your core warm. You you don't want to become hypothermic, as I said. And if your body has this whole store in the muscles, in the tissues, in the fat, if that store of heat is maximalized, then that means that you've got, you know, you've got a bit more resilience to the cold. Then as for afterwards, the best, or the best way to heat up before or afterwards is through exercise. What you want to do is warm up from the inside out rather than the outside in, if you possibly can. And you know, generating heat from within seems to be more effective. However, you know, you can do things like, you know, I always take a, a warm shower, but absolutely not a hot shower because then you might damage your skin mm. with the heat. But the warm shower, just a lukewarm shower, that's that's fine. Or saunas, you know, the massive bathing, ice bathing culture in Scandinavia, that is related to saunas. And with a sauna, you warm yourself through all the time. And air is a really gentle way of heating you up. This is one of the reasons we use it to heat patients while they're having operations. So that's also a very good way of warming up afterwards. 
Charlie, what do you do to warm up after you do it? Well, uh, honestly, I have like a, like a kind of like a plunging coat that I wear, uh, afterwards. So I, I get out, mm. throw, throw that on. Um, I am interested here, <laughs> doctor, uh, talk about from the, uh, forming from the inside out, which is, uh, interesting. I have done, which I guess is, is probably not, uh, the best thing for you. I, uh, I've gone in a hot tub after, uh, which sounds like it might be bad for my skin. So I might, I might be, uh, rectifying that, but, um, now I'm thinking maybe I should just go do some jumping jacks or something. Uh, then maybe that that's good. But, but honestly, uh, you know, I tend to, I'm not really thinking about getting warm. That, that's an odd thing to say, but, but so, so often I'm like, you know, one of the things I, I love about this, uh, is that it really kind of takes me out of my head, uh, completely. Uh, and, I just kind of tend to forget about a lot of my problems, a lot of, you know, what's going on. And I'm just sort of focused on uh, kind of riding that buzz afterward. <laughs> uh, so, you well, know, for better or worse, I guess. <laughs> yeah, well, I think that's all fine and good, you know, and I'm sure if for some reason your body needed you to do something differently or more, you it would it would send you that message. So, Doctor, I want to talk with you about where the science is on some of the benefits that we've heard about in terms of like... Um, improving depression, even improving your immune system. People have attributed a lot of benefits to this. And I'm wondering if you have looked into any of it um, and, and how you would characterize how much we know for sure about its benefits. Uh, well, I think you can say we don't know so much, in certainly in clinical terms, for sure about its benefits, but the circumstantial evidence is stronger and just grows stronger. We know a lot about the physiology, so we know how it affects the body in terms of inflammation and you know, all those hormones that, and things like you know, blood sugar handling. But that's sort of not clinical stuff. In terms of clinical stuff, we did send out a survey through the Outdoor Swimming Society asking people who are self-medicating or with cold water swimming, you know, what they were using it for. And while the vast majority said they were using it for their mental health, there was a, a small proportion who were finding it really effective against other inflammatory conditions. The area where we are really beginning to see proper research is about mental health, about depression and anxiety. And so mm. following the, you know, we just did the one one lady on the program, the doctor who gave up drugs, but then we've run uh, two studies since then. One just, we just wanted to know if people turned up <laughs> to a course of cold water in people with anxiety and depression. And they did. And we had remarkable results. You know, you probably see, say, 80%, 60 to 80% uh, went from being clinically depressed or anxious uh, before the course. And this was just a course, you know, it, in the ocean in the uk so we're talking about temperatures of around 50 to 60 degrees fahrenheit uh, and once a week and then that was so there, that was really popular we've now completed a study called outside one which was a randomized control trial of normal treatment for depression versus cold water swimming and that well, the results aren't published yet but Again, it shows similar results, broadly speaking, to the the first trial we did. And now this year, hopefully in the next week or so, we're going to be able to start recruiting to a fully powered, government funded 
randomized controlled trial, which will really give us the answer, is cold water swimming as effective as uh, normal treatment, which could be CBT or medication, whatever, for depression? So, so yeah, so these this testing, these randomized control trials, these are all just getting underway. So a lot of what's what's being shared right now are from smaller studies or from people's anecdotal experiences, it sounds like then. Yeah, so it's, it's not, you know, we have done one randomized control trial, but it doesn't give us the full answer. That's given us the numbers we need to show it definitively. But what's uh, worth noting is that all of them have had positive effects so far. But yes, you can't give a definitive answer. And that's the trial we're just about to start. So if people aren't necessarily ready to go plunge neck deep into a, a body of water or an ice bath or something, we have a couple of questions here asking about whether a cold shower gives you the same effect in comparison. So Robert asks, how about the salutary effects of a super cold shower in comparison, given that the shower is much more practical and available on an everyday basis? Can your guests advise some specific steps for cold showers? Do we take a normal shower first, then go cold? Do we shower with warm after? Russ asks, wouldn't a cold shower be a lot cheaper? So yeah, thoughts on how to do how to use the cold shower practice most effectively, Dr. Harper? I think so the what has the effect the, the, the way that the body reacts to the cold is one is the absolute temperature of the water and two is the rate of cooling. So you don't get quite the same rate of cooling with a shower and it's usually not quite as cold. However, it does have an effect. So it's not a strong an effect, uh, but it has an effect. And, you know, for example, the cold bath, that would probably have, well, would have more of an effect. But, you know, there is clinical evidence. There's a great study where they had office workers, half the people in the office took cold showers and half didn't. And the ones who took the cold showers had less sick days. So absolutely, you can a cold shower is effective, it's just not as effective, but you certainly don't need to go out and spend several thousand dollars on a on a cold tub. Well, Peter writes, I've enjoyed cold plunges and cold exposure, as well as the converse sweats and saunas for most of my life, as the doctor said. We need allostatic stress periodically. Noelle on Discord writes, I lived in Boston for a few years. One winter day, I went out and it was so cold that it tensed up my muscles, which resulted in severe back pain for several days. So this cold plunge vad does not appeal to me at all. Sue in Palo Alto writes, the coldest plunge I've ever done was on an Antarctic cruise. The water temperature was 31 degrees Fahrenheit. I walked down the stairs to water level, jumped in and right back out. I have a t-shirt that says, I survived the polar plunge. We are talking with Dr. Mark Harper, author of Chill, The Cold Water Swim Cure, an anesthesiologist and researcher. We're also talking with Charlie Warzel, staff writer for The Atlantic. And we are talking about cold plunging, the recent wellness trend of cold plunges, its potential benefits and risks, and why it's having a moment right now. Charlie, is there a certain etiquette to keep in mind when doing this? You mentioned uh, that there <laughs> there was, with your group, a lot of screaming and excitement and bonding and so on. But I have heard people do cold plunging because it's sort of more relaxing and quiet and they want to really be sort of in the moment. It's sort of Zen for them. Yeah. I mean, I find it when I go alone, it's really like anything, right. Where you have, you have your, you know, your, your set and setting that you desire based off of what you want to get out of it. If you're looking to do this as part of, you know, uh, 
like a, a supplement to other activities that may not be as healthy feeling, right? And you want to go with a big group of friends. And these are people who don't do it that often. It might get a little raucous, right? And it might be a part of, you know, like a, a hooting and hollering and all that stuff. Um, you know, when I tend to do it myself, it, it is much more meditative, right? Uh, it tends mm -hmm. to happen after after I work out or something like that, I'll, I'll wait a little bit, but then I'll like take my walk down to the, down to the ocean and I'll go in and, you know, it's just peaceful and quiet and, uh, and it, and it does have that, that sort of effect. So I think it's really what you're looking for. And I would say with anything like this, like it's not easy to, you know, get into a cold body of water, whether it's a tub in your backyard or, uh, or an ocean, I think, you know, not being overly precious about it, you know, like not having, if someone gets into the water and they're, you know, yelling, like, don't think less of them as a result of that. Like, it, it's tough enough to go do it. Uh, and I think, you know, you're going out, you're doing the hard thing and and, and you might as well enjoy it and, and get out of it what you want to get out of it. Uh, that's sort of like, uh, I think that's a, that's a good attitude to adopt to this and yeah. try not to be too judgmental. Well, I want to let listeners know this is a fundraising period for many public radio stations. You are listening to Forum. I'm Mina Kim. Let me go to Leah in Berkeley. Leah, you're on. Hi, this is Leah. Um, I'm a, an open water swimmer here in the Bay Area. And most of us who are swimming, I, w I was curious why you're saying that going into a hypothermic state is dangerous for the body because most of us are swimming 30 to 40 minutes in um, and have been acclimated to doing that in the bay here which is between 50 and 60 ish um, and uh, well most of us we, we like warm up afterwards just by getting back in the car and warming up on heat but it doesn't it's actually feels like it's part of what the benefits of it at least mentally and physically to have your, to have the, the, you get really hot inside while you're swimming, while you're actually in the water. And then when you get out, the blood recirculates back through. And um, I mean, I can understand if you ha if you're not acclimated, why that might be dangerous, but I don't understand just as a general statement. That I see. Dr. Mark Harper, as a cold water swimmer, is, is Leah right? When you're swimming in the water, you are getting into an acclimated hypothermic state? Kind of. So with a temperature like 55, so probably about above 55, you can stay in the water, certainly by 60, you, know, you can stay in the water for quite a long time and not become hypothermic because you do become acclimatized to it, but only to an extent. You, It takes a long time to actually be, uh, become actually hypothermic, but there is still a problem. Dangerous, uh, it takes a long time to become dangerously hypothermic, I think the thing is. But what happens is if you become hypothermic, you're losing the benefits. It's not good for you. As I say, it's like injuring yourself. Injuring yourself in the gym isn't dangerous for you. It's just not good for you. And you will be better off not, uh, not pushing yourself so far. However, saying that, the temperatures you're talking about, resilient people who do swimming and are very active in that period are likely to not become core hypothermic. I mean, you know, you, you've gone too far. There's a there's a classic thing which is grumbles, mumbles, fumbles, and tumbles. Yeah, you, know, you lose your balance. You can't think clearly. 
you uh, can't hold, do fine motor movement. If you're not doing, if you're not suffering from that, you haven't become hypothermic. And there are people, there's without a doubt, people are more resilient, some people are more resilient than others. Would you ever adopt cold plunging instead of cold water swimming, Dr. Harper? If that was my only option, I would definitely go down there cold plunging because it is it just feels so good. You know, I'm lucky that where I live, I can uh, cold plunge or, or cold swim. But you do get most of the benefits from the cold plunge. And but what you get from being out in nature, from being part of a community, from uh, the blue therapy, all these from the exercise. Size, that's what you get from swimming, which you don't get from the, the cold plunges in a, in a barrel or whatever. Yeah, I, I think I, I heard you describe it as pretty boring. Cold <laughs> plunging can be pretty boring. Yeah, exactly. You know, I just love going out there. And it is, you know, in these all these other things, the exercise community, reducing social isolation. We know these are great for both physical and mental health. So if you can find a package, and this is what I love about cold water swimming, or is that it's uh, it's, a, it's a whole package of, of benefits. And yes, you will get a really good benefit from the cold plunging. And if I couldn't do anything else, I would do it. But I much prefer to find that group, that polar bear club or whatever, and uh, and swim with them. Do you think this is, for you, this this cold plunging Charlie is something that you're you're going to stay with for a while? I think so, given the proximity and the ease, right? If it was something where I had to buy uh, a $6,000 tub, I might think differently. Or if I had to, you know, get one of the less expensive barrels. And I, I've definitely seen people who have to go out and buy like expensive amounts of ice every week and store it in a big old chest freezer and put it wow. in every single time, especially, you know, in the summer. Um, so I think ease is, is definitely a, a part of it. But you know, I think what what uh, Dr. Harper spoke to is we're, we're in a really interesting time with this, right? Where the science is slightly, you know, um, unproven in terms of, you know, the, the direct scientific benefits. But we also know we have this trend, we have this energy that it's getting, uh, that it is good for you. So I think yeah. we're in this place where it's going to be... Uh, it's going to be interesting to see where this goes, whether it's a full-blown, you know, fad that burns out or something much uh, bigger that takes root as an established habit. Well, Charlie Warzel, Dr. Harper, thank you. Thank you, Mark Nieto, for producing today's segment. Thank you, listeners. I'm Mina Kim. This is Forum. Funds for the production of KQED's Forum are provided by the John S. and James L. Knight Foundation, the Generosity Foundation, the Germanicos Foundation, and the Heising Simons Foundation. Support for Forum comes from San Francisco Opera. Set 10 years after a school shooting, the critically acclaimed opera Innocence takes us into a complex emotional journey where our understanding of innocence and guilt is constantly upended. Kaya Sariajo's ethereal score collapses the past into the present as a community of survivors grapple with how to move forward. Don't miss the highly anticipated American premiere of Innocence, June 1st through 21st. Learn more at sfopera.com. We've all got those parts of our house where the internet just won't go. 
Well, if you had wall-to-wall Wi-Fi from Xfinity, you could worry less about dead spots. Because with wall-to-wall Wi-Fi from Xfinity, you get fast speeds, reliable connection in every room, and power for all of your devices, even when everyone's online. That's wall-to-wall Wi-Fi only with Xfinity. Restrictions apply. Not available in all areas. Actual speeds vary. All over the country, we need to improve reading in Wisconsin. Schools are changing the way they teach reading. I'm calling for a renewed focus on literacy. We have gotten this wrong in New York and all across the nation. And it's happening because of a podcast. I think your podcast has changed my life. And I'm going to share this podcast with everyone I meet. Sold a Story investigates how teaching kids to read went wrong. New episodes of Sold a Story are available now.